everyone, and welcome to Let's Innovate, the podcast where we uncover the passion behind great ideas. I'm Michael Longer. In my day job, I'm the program coordinator at the HR McMillan Space Center. And today, we are joined by Marco Pasqua. So Marco is an award-winning entrepreneur, accessibility consultant, and inspirational speaker. After graduating from the Art Institute of Vancouver, he spent five years in the video game industry. During the recession of 2010, he lost his job, which turned out to be the biggest blessing in disguise. Marco decided it was time to use his voice to make a positive impact on the world, so he built his own brand as a professional speaker and entrepreneur. As an entrepreneur, he has remained focused on social impact, keeping a philanthropic approach to the work that he does. Some of his most memorable talks include TEDx Stanley Park, which I just watched earlier today, the United Way as an impact speaker, and the Duke of Edinburgh Awards. Throughout his life, Marco has also been involved with a number of organizations as a spokesperson, helping spread advocacy for persons with disabilities across Canada. And Marco will be speaking at the January 20th Youth Innovation Showcase Workshop. Hey, Marco, how's it going? It's going awesome, Michael. Great to see you. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward uh, to our workshop in January. Uh, but let's go back and tell us a little bit about your uh, your story. So tell us what happened when you lost your job and, and what was it that allowed you to turn that experience, which usually is a very negative one. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there right now that might be going through that experience. How did you turn that experience into an opportunity? Well, to be quite honest with you, you know, it's not too uh, different from what we're experiencing today with uh, COVID and the pandemic. Uh, You know, during that time, it was the recession of the time. And I was working at a game company and 1500 of us got let go across uh, across Canada. And uh, and that was really devastating because that was the only thing I had gone to school for at the time. Um, And I remember calling my then girlfriend, my now wife and letting her know that I had lost my job. But it was her reaction that springboarded me into what I'm doing now. She was actually jumping for joy on the other end of the phone. And when I asked her why she was so excited that I just told her I lost my job, she said, this was the one push that I would need because I'm not a quitter. It's not in my DNA to go out there and pursue what she thought was my true passion and my true gift, which is to inspire other people. I didn't know how to start a business, but I knew I needed to get started. And that was the one kicker. So with her encouragement and with her drive and pushing me and my own aspirations, I decided to set out with what does it mean to become an entrepreneur, set myself out there and do the things I'm doing. And almost 10 years later, here we are. Well, well, maybe I, you can't go through, obviously, um, every moment of those past 10 years, but what were some of like, sure. the first steps that you took that, you know, um, that sort of gave you sort of give you the confidence that like, yeah, this is the path that I'm going to be on and I can do this. Well, so to be quite honest with you, and this will tie in perfect to what we're talking about later with uh, my Q principle system, I actually didn't immediately trust myself enough to go into business. <laughs> I tried to get back into the game industry at other game studios, Uh, but after several interviews and getting calls that I thought was going to be a congratulations, you got the job, I actually had hiring managers telling me, we don't know what to tell you, but you got too much energy and we just don't Mm -hmm. know what we would do with that. So unfortunately, we're not going to go ahead and give you the job. When I had that happen twice at two separate studios, that's really what dove me into the idea of, wait a minute, energy? I should really look into how it is that I'm being perceived, my body language, the kind of energy that I'm putting out there. And instead of looking at it as a negative, 
why don't I find an opportunity where I can encapsulate that and teach people how to have the kind of energy and passion that I have for what I do, but in a way that makes sense for them. And so that's when the Q principle was born, but we can go a little bit into that uh, in, a, in a moment. But really that was yeah. my springboard. And uh, I found out about entrepreneurship programs that I could piggyback where at the time there was a program called the SEEDS program, which stands for Self-Employment Entrepreneur Development Society. And essentially in a nutshell, it was the BC government saying, if you can have an, uh, a really strong business plan and pitch and we select you as one of our students, we'll actually pay you to start a business uh, because we want to foster entrepreneurship in our province. And I was lucky. I was uh, one of 11 people out of 22 people that applied for the program to be accepted in. And I was the only one applying to be a professional speaker. And that's a whole other story. I, there was a, a panel of experts that say, wait, so what business are you pitching to us today? And I said, I'm pitching to you on how to be a presenter. And I remember <laughs> the guy, think of Dragon's Den. The guy was uh, sitting there at the panel going, well, you better be a darn good presenter then. And I just was like, wow, thanks. No pressure. No pressure. So that was probably the highlight experience of, of that whole thing. Oh, wow. Too much energy. I, I don't know if I believe that, Marco. I mean, this is, uh, it's, <laughs> no, I, I, I certainly believe it. But, you know, you talked about something that we are going to get into, and we're going to get into in the workshop, and that is the Q principle of networking. So could you tell us a little bit about it? And could you explain what it is and how it works? Yeah, absolutely. So I want to preface this in the fact that this is absolutely not snake oil, and I'm not trying to claim that I have some miraculous new way of connecting to people. I think what this is, is ultimately the best way to describe it is it's remembering that authentic connections are the ones that matter most, meaningful connections. I think that in our society, we're so focused on our technology, on social media, on using other platforms to create a facade that we actually forget that meaningful connections actually matter in what we do and how we meet people. And people kept asking me, how are you meeting the people you're meeting? How are you doing the things you're doing? And I remember saying to them, I don't know, I'm just creatively utilizing my best energy to get out there and meet these people and kind of give without expectations. And after I kept saying that a couple of times, people go, can you teach me how to do that? Like, is there a system for that? And I said to myself, well, I mean, I, I suppose I could package what I'm kind of doing and the way in which I approach these situations. And that's how it was born. That's literally... Uh, how I, I pitched the business to the seeds program and they liked that so much. And they thought that that was so unique because what your listeners won't see is that I'm a person with a disability. So I was born with cerebral palsy and uh, it means I used a wheelchair for my entire life, a manual wheelchair. And I didn't want to be pigeonheld as a guy with a disability talking about disability related things or being seen as inspirational simply because I had a disability. And so I knew that if I wanted to be taken seriously, I would have to approach the industry and entrepreneurship from an angle that everybody could relate to. And I think that connection is something that everybody can relate to and making meaningful connections is even more important. And so that's why I said, yeah. no, teaching other people how to make meaningful, real connections, I think is the way that I'm going to have, a, as they would say, a unique selling proposition in the, in the business community. Yeah, yeah, that no, that certainly um, sounds like a, a really great uh, approach for you. Now, I'm wondering because we have talked on this podcast before about the ideation process and sort of like the the formation of these ideas. And I'm wondering for you when you did have this idea for this for this kind of networking and sort of like putting together uh, the cube. And I'm curious to sort of like what where does the cube come from and and like how long did you develop that? Like, did you uh, have people that you uh, threw these ideas off of and got? Some some feedback or is it something that you totally did on your own? 
Uh, it's a little bit of column A, column B. Like, uh, I think uh, you're only as strong as the, as they say, the five people you spend the most time with. I'm lucky that I have a really great um, social circle of friends and, and my spouse, as I mentioned. And, and I was asking them to, to give me honest feedback about how is it that people learn to trust me? How is it that people learn? Um, what is it about my personality that people really gravitate towards? And when they started to tell me, well, you're a creative problem solver. You know, you, you don't come to people with problems. You come to them with solutions. And I said, that's really interesting. And they said, and you recognize the strengths and talents that other people bring to the table and you're you're open enough to admit the things that you're not good at. And that's the sign of a good leader. And that's honestly how you put your best foot forward. And your energy component and understanding body language is incredible. Uh, probably a story that's too long to get into is one of the people I got early advice from when it came to branding, I kid you not, is Gene Simmons of KISS. Uh, and that was incredible. I... For, for lack of telling you the entire story, uh, I ended up having about a 45-minute conversation with Gene about branding. And, and if you know anything about him and his tongue, he is a branding expert when it comes to his own self-image and everything like this. And when he heard about the cute principle, he said, my God, that is brilliant. You better trademark that because if you were in the States, I would steal this from you right now. And he immediately understood what I meant. Uh, say what you want about, about Gene and about his image. People think it's all like, you know, uh, darkness and all this stuff. He's actually a really warm-hearted guy. He probably would hate uh, to hear me saying that, but he's actually a very kind person. And he really did give me the time. I thought he was just going to brush me off, but he mm -hmm. really gave me the opportunity to talk to him and to really reflect on those things. And once I got his advice, my wife's advice, and my best friend and a few other people, that's when I started to kind of modular uh, the process for people. Oh man, I feel now I feel like I need to like call Paul Stanley up or Ace Freely, you know, like <laughs> you know, a spaceman because Ace Freely was this was the spaceman, so maybe that's who I need to uh to call, <laughs> to call up. Absolutely, um, yeah. Well, I'll make sure we add them to your Rolodex for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, Marco, you know, the way that we network has changed more in the past nine months than any other time that uh, anyone can remember. How would you mm -hmm. recommend young people network virtually right now? What, what kind of tips or advice uh, could you give them? Okay, well, here's a little bit of an amuse-bouche, as they say, uh, for my presentation that I'll be giving um, at the Youth Innovation Showcase. And that is that there are three kinds of people when you network. Uh, there's collectors, connectors, and jerks. Okay. And so the collectors are the people who, if any of the youth are listening and they already have a LinkedIn profile for education or otherwise, um, those are people that you'll see that'll just randomly connect with you, even virtually, if not in person. And they literally give you no message as to why they want to connect with you. They're just looking to expand their network. Then you have the jerks. Uh, those are the people that if you're at a physical event pre-COVID and, uh, you know, you see those chairs lined up in the room before anyone gets there, they get there super early and they lay a business card down on every single chair so that it looks as though they're part of the promotional materials. But you're not really actually making a strong connection by doing that with somebody. They just go, oh, what's this? Oh, a jeweler? I don't really need a jeweler. I'm going to throw this card away now. What you want to actually be is a connector. That's somebody that bothers to really actually say, 
This is who I am. This is what I do. This is how I believe I'll be able to help you. It's not directly selling somebody on your services. It's selling them on yourself first. And so when you're approaching people virtually, if you're looking to connect with somebody on Facebook, Twitter, any social media, LinkedIn, whatever, um, actually bother to do your research on them. Do your homework before you connect with them. Find a pain point or a pleasure point, as they say in the business community, of how can you actually fill a gap or a niche? Or if you're not actually filling a niche for them and you're looking for mentorship, flatter them by being blunt and saying, look, I came across your stuff. This is a field I want to get into. I would, I'm really looking for a mentor and I would love for the opportunity just to pick your brain for 15 minutes to 30 minutes to find out more. People more often than not will be super flattered to hear you say that. And even the busiest people, before we got on the recording today, you were talking about Tim Ferriss. He is a genius when it comes to cold emails and emails where you're making people feel uh, comfortable to not feel pressure sales when it comes to meeting you for the first time. And one of the things I learned from Tim Ferriss that I think is incredible is his line that he puts in emails when he's doing cold emails to people, which is at the tail end of the email, you say, I completely understand if you're too busy to respond to this email, but even a one or two line sentence um, would really make my day. And you just end with that. When you're applying and you're saying there is no pressure behind what it is you're doing, Someone is going to read that. And if they've read your email within five to 15 seconds and they see that, they're going to applaud you for at least respecting their time enough to add that in at the end. And I kid you not, every single time I have used that to date on a person that you would say is a massive celebrity would never get back to me, every single time they've at least bothered to get back to me at least once. So it's an incredible thing and it ties directly into what I talk about when it comes to meaningful connections. Yeah, no. And we did, you know, talk about, um, you know, doing the research and I actually, and I did some research on you, you know, I, I listened to you know, these talks and the, the podcast that you're on and, um, you know, and now I'm surprised because I see behind you all these back to the future memorabilia, which is like going straight to, to my geek brain because I live in this world of, of going into the future, going back to the future. Um, and, but what I did learn about you is that, you know, mentors have played a role in your life and you are part of the, yeah. of the diversity community at large. You are, uh, you have had mentors. You have said that Rick Hansen, who, when I was growing up, he was someone that when, when I was in elementary school and he did that run, that was the biggest thing. It was so cool um, yeah. to see that. Yeah. So for you, um, could you maybe talk about mentors in your life, um, the role that you that they have played for you and um, how you in turn have become a mentor to other people? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's a, definitely a broad topic, but what I will say is respecting the legacy that someone else has put in front of you is really understanding the, the points along the map where you can really learn. It's not to say that if the stove isn't hot, don't touch it. And you have to learn that yourself to not touch the hot stove. And then you go, oh, okay. Because that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. Okay. Knowledge, somebody can pass along to you. Wisdom is something that you gain over time. And I think that true mentors are ones that can pass on actual wisdom to you. They can um, you know, pass along their experiences while also respecting that you're going to go through your own path and you may even take the path less traveled. So for guys like Rick, this is literally a guy that I used to have his poster on my wall as a young boy. Mm -hmm. And when he did his man in motion tour and he wheeled around the world in his wheelchair, like Rick is an incredible, incredible person. And he's now raised hundreds of millions of dollars for people with disabilities uh, around the globe. And 
you know, I'm truly a believer in manifestation. And because I focused on that and I've done a lot of things like visualization boards or dream boards and have those things in my office, everything that I feel, if I do visualization techniques that I can bring myself closer to, you may have heard things like the secret. Okay. Uh, but the thing that the books like the secret are missing when it comes to mentorship is the tangible actions in which you need to take in order to make those things come forward. You can't just imagine a Ferrari and then it appears in front of you. And the thing I've learned from mentors is getting those insights and that knowledge from those people is as simple as driving yourself towards those individuals that you really want to gain and soak up that information like a sponge. So I, uh, through one way or another, ended up working with Rick directly on a project he was working on back in 2014. I felt so blessed um, that I was able to work with him. And in fact, up to that point, I had voided uh, doing work in the accessibility field like the plague because I didn't want to be pigeonheld, as I said to you before the, the, the call today, uh, as a guy with a disability talking about disability yeah. uh, because I wanted to be respected as an entrepreneur. But it was really Rick, and I said this in, a, in another interview recently, who encouraged me to actually say, you know what? This is an opportunity for us to stand on a soapbox and actually educate people as to why this matters and why true inclusion and innovation matters. And when he was at an event with probably about six to 800 people, he was on stage. I was a guest of his and I was uh, watching. I had no idea that in the middle of his talk, he was going to stop and call me out in the center of the audience and just say, I have faith to know that my legacy is in good hands when guys like Marco Pasqua, who were out in the audience today, are out there and they're able to continue on this message of diversity and inclusion. And when one of the people you look up to most in your life says that to you, it changes your perspective on everything. And that was the oh, moment man. I said, that's it. I have to pursue this. I have to add accessibility as something that's important to me in addition to the cube principle. And I'm so grateful because I still work, work with Rick and the foundation to this day to spread that message of advocacy and innovation. So to all the people listening, Mentorship is huge. It's changed my life. I've now been able to be a mentor to other people. I've helped to shine a light on people that I've worked with who, um, I'll just go ahead and say it, we're having mental health uh, challenges themselves and we're contemplating suicide. And when I had a gentleman, this is going to almost make me tear up here. When I had a gentleman who has a disability like myself, who has cerebral palsy, say to me that he was on his wit's end because he couldn't see his value in this world because of his disability. But in a few moments of talking with me where I was giving without expectation, I did not charge him to mentor him. I wanna make that clear. And telling him that he does have a value, he does have a purpose, that we all have a purpose. He has told me time and time again that is the reason that he's still here with us today. And I still talk with him today. I connected with him over 10 years ago and I'm still his mentor yeah. to this day. And I'm happy to be his mentor going forward because he doesn't realize that as much as he's looking at me as a mentor, he's changing my life with every conversation we have. So, yeah. Wow. I mean, that's such a really powerful moment. And, you know, just to go back to like that call to action, you know, sitting in that seat with Rick Hansen and he calling you out and just basically like challenging <laughs> you, you know, to basically like, yes. who's going, who, who's going to Mordor, you know, like, let's yeah, do yeah. this. And Marco yeah. Pasqua, are you in or not? And like, yeah. what, like, wow. Like, yeah. that's just, that must be really just like, um, you know, pushed you to maybe make that decision. Sometimes the universe has interesting ways of telling you that uh, this is your calling. And I think that 
the core of what the Q principle is, is about paying attention to the subtleties of, of life. You know, at, yeah. at least that's the way I approach it is you're going to continue to get the same lessons in this world unless you start to learn those lessons. And it's miraculous. But honestly, the second that you start to learn those things and start to innovate and you start to grow as a human being, those lessons stop showing themselves to you. And then you have new lessons to learn. So as long as mm -hmm. people who are listening today are committed to always growing and knowing that you never stop learning and you never stop gaining knowledge, then that's honestly what's going to push you. And I've just learned to start to follow my intuition and trust what the universe is telling me. It's, it's incredible. Oh, wow. You know, I, I, I don't even know where, where else we, we can go because we, we've, <laughs> we've been going for 20 minutes and we've, we've just got, you know, um, so much inspiration. You know, we have this workshop that we're, that we're bringing you in on January 20th. And if you're listening yep. to this and you know someone um, that would, is interested in uh, the ideation process, um, you know, uh, maybe perhaps entering the Youth Innovation Showcase, you know, um, Marco, maybe give us like a little bit of a preview and a last, you know, little pitch uh, for your session. Well, so I, I think that as any presenter or storyteller, the, the one thing you can do is, is learn to be vulnerable and be okay about it. So what you're going to get if you attend my session is I'm actually going to share with you personal stories of my own life, of what it was like to navigate the workforce as a person with a disability, but the lessons that I learned along the way in terms of innovation and what it was like for me. And some of the things that we talked about in this, in this podcast today about innovation and the birth of the cube principle, then I'm actually going to teach practical tools and tips to those people in attendance on how they can apply the cube principle to their own life and go into further detail about some of the things that we talked about today. So I really encourage everyone who's listening today to maybe consider coming out on January 20th, um, having a listen, having a watch. And, and honestly, if anyone wants to reach out to me or is struggling with where they want to go next in life, like I am always an open book and I'm happy to just uh, open myself up and support anyone in any way that I can. So I really appreciate it, Michael. And I appreciate the work that you're doing with the HR McMillan and the, and the Space Center. And I really hope that soon we're going to be able to reopen again because the marvels of the universe are incredible. And I'm such a space nerd. It's not even funny. So I'll be the first one in line to, to go to the next show if, uh, if that's a possibility. Well, you know what, Marco? I'm gonna I'm gonna go one step further. Not only are you gonna be first in line, I'm gonna bring you up there. I'm gonna give you a microphone as well because um, I want to uh, jam out more with you. This has been so great, and I can't wait for January 20th. Uh, we're gonna have a great time at that workshop. Um, so thank you so much uh, for this. Yeah, man. Thanks a lot. Have a great night. All right. Well, that's it for this episode. Uh, until next time, let's innovate.